Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Amen. All right. So open your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Surely you, if you've been... If you don't know the scripture we're about to read, it's been too long since you've been coming to church. Acts chapter 2, we've been in this, talking about um, this section of scripture, and I want to read starting in verse 37 like we've been doing every week. But first, I want you to give knuckles to two or three people around you and say, I am so glad you are here. So Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 37. Acts chapter 2, 37. Uh, If you got it, say got it. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and, and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Whisper to the person next to you, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And guys, I want to remind you, When you're saved from a generation, you realize you're saved for a generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And and they continued, or they devoted themselves, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers— Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs uh, were done through the apostles. I just love that. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided among them anyone who had need. So continuing daily with one accord uh, in the temple uh, and breaking bread from house to house. I'm going to read that part again. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So we're talking about, last week we talked about the breaking of bread, and I know there's elements and specific things I could teach on communion, because breaking of bread is, is, breaking bread is reference to communion, uh, but sometimes we've put communion in such a small box that I'm not going to talk uh, in this series about some of the specific elements about communion, except to say it's the body and, and blood of Christ, 
It's all about the life of Christ. It's all about him. It's not a ceremony. It's not a ritual. And it always should involve relationship. And I've been talking about the table. So this little table here is an individual table. And we talked last week about the, this table. If, and I, I, I challenge you to go find your own table with the Lord, to go spend time with the Lord. So I'm not mad at anybody. Do not misunderstand me. I'm just courageous enough trying to lead you in the right direction because this city and your family is waiting to see what would happen when you fully follow Jesus. I'm so glad you came to church, but just because you came to church, come on, man. You don't mean you're fully following Jesus. Some of y'all are barely here. And this is just the starting point. So if you did not spend time, if you were here last week and you did not spend time this week at a table with the Lord, you're failing. You're not a failure. Because failure is an event, not a person. And I'm so glad you, aren't you glad you came to church today to be confronted? But it's so vital and important for you to know that because what is the thing keeping you from the table? What's the thing keeping you? What is it? Your business? Fine, stop going to the table. Don't ever go again. Watch what happens to your business. Anything and anyone that keeps you from the Lord in God's love, if he cannot lead you correctly through conversation, in my opinion, in my life, in God's love, pruning will happen. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning is a way to, is preparation for future growth, but pruning hurts. And pruning is taking away, cutting back. And if it's your business that's keeping you from spending time with God, if you, keep, if you continue to not spend time with God, then watch what happens to your business. It will expand so your fall will be great. Because the enemy wants nothing more for than you to look like a success, get to the highest part you thought possible, and fall. What is it? What is it that keeps you from the table? Now, some of you, for the first time this week, maybe in a long time or maybe any time, went to the table of the Lord and you tried and you went and you opened your Bible and you said, Pastor John said something and you, maybe you didn't know where to go or what to look at, but you went and you looked at verses and you spent some time. You said no to some other stuff to say yes to the Lord. And you spent time at a table of the Lord and you heard him and, you, and it was a starting point. And maybe some of, it, some of you had a, a breakthrough and it was an amazing time. And maybe Maybe you wrote down what the Lord was saying to you and you really enjoyed it and you, you kept going. And maybe some of you did it once and then you stopped. Maybe some of you kind of did it, but you felt like it wasn't really meaningful to me. It didn't, it didn't make a difference in my life. And what I want to tell you is um, you, you have to establish the table of the Lord in your life. You have to establish the Lord prepares a table. The, your shepherd prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So just because you say you have distractions and you say, uh, somebody saying, somebody saying, well, I can't be at the table of the Lord. I can't be at the table of the Lord because I've got all these enemies. They're threatening me. They're threatening me. This is threatening me. That's threatening me. This is overwhelming. I'm distracted here. I'm distracted there. To say I can't sit at the table because there's enemies in my presence is, is, 
is someone who does not understand the working of God because he sets, he prepared a table for you before you in the presence of your enemies. He's well aware. Listen to me. He's well aware of the presence of your enemies while you are well ignorant of his presence. And coming to the table of the Lord is how you develop a sense of recognizing the presence of God. You come with the word of God open. And you come not just to come to the word of God, but come to the God of the word. And, and what happens is, to illustrate this, it's the breaking of bread. It's the breaking of bread. And so the breaking of bread, I just want to illustrate stuff for you. I'm not really hungry. I just want to illustrate stuff for y'all. I'm doing this for you, not for me. Oh, what kind of bread is this? Cinnabon. I'm doing this for you, not for me. I just want to break bread. And so when I come to the table of, of the Lord, um, you know, then, then what happens is he prepares stuff and I come and it's the living bread. And I could talk much about bread and, and breaking breads all through the New Testament. I could, there's tons of scriptures I could go to, tons of scriptures. I want to be more illustrative today. <laughs> and, and so the breaking of bread at this table is so important because the Lord prepares stuff for me. Mm. And listen to me, the living bread, mm. that's good. This sermon series might continue, <laughs> but it's not just bread. It's not just bread. See if I can do this without, without messing this up here. Let me put my mic down so an accident does not happen. All right. So it's not just bread. See, the, the, the kingdom, let me show you the kingdom food groups. Can I, can I show you the kingdom food groups? So the kingdom food group starts with living water. <laughs> Those who get born again, what you, you have is you come and you drink living water. Living water is salvation. Living water is salvation. Then you have the milk of the word. Guys, I don't know if you have it, uh, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Look, look at 1 Peter chapter 2. It's a great scripture. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me just show you this so you don't think I'm making it up. It's a great scripture. 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, just read like 1 through 3 maybe. It says, um, Therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. Because watch this. this is a, watch it from this perspective. See, the enemies that I face, the enemies that are around my table, that are threatening me and calling for my attention and calling for my, you know, whatever. See, they want me, the enemies want me in agreement with them. But the table is about me coming into agreement with God. Which bread are you going to eat? Are you going to eat the bread of the, of the uh, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, and envy? Which is the, the food group of darkness that comes through the enemies who will gladly deliver you something to fill your unsanctified appetites? Or are you going to... There's a piece of Cinnabon on my Bible... 
Or are you going to, as newborn, verse 2, as newborn babes desire, crave the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby? Second food group's milk. And milk are for babies. When those who are new with the Lord. Now, you may have been in church 20 years, but you still might be a baby. If you're sitting next to a baby, just tap them on the back and say, there, there, it's okay. <laughs> so, milk. Mm. Milk, it does a body. Good. So, the pure milk of, of the word, the word of God. So, this is the living water of Christ. This is the, the, the milk of, of Christ. Uh, the Bible also talks about the wine of, of the Lord. The wine of the Lord. This is grape juice. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all talk about, yeah, but Jesus turned water into wine. Well, some of y'all, he needs to turn your wine back into water. (laughs) That's when you'd be doing well. But the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that the thing about wine is, I believe, talking about drinking of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That, That he's everything that you need. It's the wine of the Lord, the new wine of the kingdom, basically. And then, of course, the the other cup, this is coffee because we all want coffee. (laughs) And I think Christ would agree with that. But it's empty because we don't have anybody serving yet in coffee. (laughs) And when I'm at my table with the Lord, I need some coffee. Me and Jesus need some coffee. Coffee makes everything better. Coffee makes everyone better. Serve Jesus. <laughs> and so when, when you look at this, uh, look real quick, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5. Make, make a left, go to Hebrews 5. I'll show you this, and then I want to give you an illustration. Hebrews chapter 5. Oh, I love this chapter. The whole chapter is good. Hebrews 5, it's talking about Melchizedek, which is actually Jesus. He's the, it's just really cool stuff, man, really cool stuff. So verse 11, Hebrews 5, verse 11, starting in verse 11, of whom we have much to say. So he's saying about Jesus, talking about Jesus. We have much to say. We got so much to say, but it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. (laughs) I'll leave it alone. Verse 12. For through this, or for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone, not you prefer, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles or words of God. And you have come to need, need milk and not Cinnabon, bread. The bread of life, which is the body of Jesus. It's so rude to talk and eat at the same time. Don't do that at home. (laughs) And you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who who are our full age. That's not talking about... How old you are is talking about how mature you are. And there's some teenagers in this room. There's some elementary age people in this room that are more mature in the Lord than some that are in in their 60s and over. 
But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use, I just want to demonstrate to you one more time, reason of use. I have a reason to use it. I'm feeding my appetite with something that is holy. Your capacity to eat. Your capacity to eat at the table of the Lord is the same capacity that you can eat. Let me have a little milk. At the table of sin. Some of you say, I can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't spend time with God. We spend time on all this other stuff. You devote yourself to all this other stuff. I, I can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. And, but like, wait a minute, but you make decisions to do this, this, and this. You, you, you do all these other things, you make decisions, you empower yourself to do ungodly things all the time. And so if you can, if you can eat unhealthy, you can eat healthy. If you, can, if you can feed yourself with sin and devote yourself with sin and serve your appetite in sin and you can, you can pursue sin and selfishness and all that kind of stuff, then you can pursue the Lord. You can. Now the thing you're pursuing that's not of God will lie to you and say you can't. But the truth is you can and the fact that you can pursue and consume all of this is evidence that you could consume all of this if you wanted to. And if you do, you, your family, and this city would be so thankful to see the work of the Lord in your life at full capacity instead of the work of darkness. And it's reason of use. You've got to apply it. You've got to, you've got to use it. And, and so I'll, I'll hold on to these. Uh, let me get another table. Mike, will you go grab that table and get maybe a couple of people to help you with chairs? Because there's another table I want to talk to you about today. Um, now, these are vanilla chocolate chipped cookies. Sean, you're drooling. Did... Anybody want one? Anybody want one? You want one? You sure? You sure? Well, come up here and get one. Get one whole slice. Do you want it? See if you like it. Good job. Here, hold on to this. Don't give it to anybody yet. Matter of fact, I want you to stay up here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just stay right there. No, no need to fight. You can go ahead and take one. Stay right here. You can go ahead and take one. All right? All right. Now, I need some adults to participate. Here you go. Right here. Here you go. Hold on to that. Do not open it for anybody. Stay right there. I need some adults to participate. Any uh, adults? Blueberry. Anybody like blueberry? Anybody care for blueberry? Nobody? There's nobody, y'all are so scared. Y'all are so scared. Now, I need some adults. So, you like blueberry? I do. 
Okay, so go ahead and take one. Go ahead and take one. Thank you. All right, taste and see if it's good. Wow. It says April on the date, but it's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really good. All right, so here you go. Just hold on to that. See if I got another one. See if I got another one. Boy, some of y'all hoping I pull out some Chick-fil-A biscuits or something. <laughs> the glory of the Lord will show up in this place. This one is banana nut bread. Mm. Anybody uh, from the balcony, maybe? Anybody from the balcony? I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody lifting their hands. No, I, don't, I needed some adults. I see in the back over here. All right. Come on. Well, we got two. Good, 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 good. Come on. Come right here. <laughs> Look, you got the whole family. You go ahead and take one piece. You want a piece too? Look, you ain't even like going to ask. You just coming up in here like you own the place. <laughs> and here you You want one? You bring your, okay, all y'all can stay up here. Okay, here, I'll let you hold this. Okay. Uh, so, this table connects to this table. So, guys, um, to the best of your ability, those who have bread, try to come sit at the table. And some kids can sit on the stage with me. Yeah. Yeah, you can come sit over here, man. Come sit over here. You're good. Let's see. So, everybody in this room, you need this table. But it comes out of this table. The table of the Lord and the table of the Lord's people. The, temp the, the, the temple, you're in the temple now. This is house to house. And this is your house. The temple, you're sitting in rows in the temple. And there's stuff I could teach about the temple, but corporate, public, you're sitting in rows. Everybody's in a row. And there's a place for rows. There's a place, sorry, I spit some bread on you. There's a place for rows. There's a place for rows in our life, which is the temple. But they didn't just meet in the temple. They met house to house. So the rows have to come into circles. We have to be in circles, and the circles doesn't need to listen to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust some golden calves. I'm not against child care. I'm not against that, but I'm going to tell you what I'm more for, kids being at the table. Amen. Now, they may be under the table. <laughs> they may be, so uh, you need to use wisdom and stuff, but I'm going to tell you it's healthy for kids to be at the table because they've already demonstrated in this room. Now, there's sometimes the kids don't need to be at the table because we're talking about things kids don't need to be talking about. But there's other times when they can be included at a table, and like they, they demonstrated today, they can actually be a part of teaching you something. And most parents get nervous when their kids are at the table. Don't you tell, don't you, you don't you say it. Don't you say what I did. Don't you say it. <laughs> so at this table, what happens is, can you come, y'all switch places, y'all two switch places. And put your, put your box, put your bread right on the table. So now when we come to this table, what the Lord has been sharing with me, hmm, I get to share with other people. Absolutely. Go ahead, man. 
It's right there. It's open, open table. And was this one yours? No, this, you, you had that one. So what, what the Lord was sharing with you, you're not eating, man. You want some milk? You want some coffee? Good, because there is none. So you can start sharing. You can start sharing one another, and you guys can start sharing. Let's just share some bread. So what happens is when you're at this table, and the Lord's speaking to you, and it's meaningful, and it's powerful in your life, and you've learned how to use the private table in your house of the Lord to where you know how to drink water. You know how to drink milk. You know how to, to drink of the wine of God, and you know how to eat the bread um, you know, of the Lord. Yeah, pass it around. Get some. Then what ends up happening is when you know how to walk in this table and you're faithful at this table, you, you can then start to actually be a leading, um, uh, you can bring leadership to a table like this because here's where it starts. Guys, let me just, I'm just sharing with you what he shared with me and I've tasted of it and I'm giving it to you. What have you tasted of this week? And we start sharing with one another about about what the Lord is doing in our life. And when someone brings in a false bread, it's like, hold up, man. Hold up. That don't taste like the Lord. Where'd you get that from? What bakery did you get that from? You need to stay away from that bakery. And we help one another, you know, uh, grow in the Lord. And you should be growing in the row, but there's no question you'll grow in the circle. Amen. What shall we do? Rows, circles, and seats. Three dimensions of relationship and fellowship with the apostle who has a doctrine. My fellowship with the Lord, my fellowship with the Lord's people, and the fellowship corporately in the temple. Every one of us, if we were walking full throttle, would have all three dimensions in our life. I'm so glad you're in the row, but you got to get in a circle. And I'm so glad you're in the circle, but you got to get at a table. And when you get at a table, the table works with the circle. The circle works with the table. And both work with the row. And the rows work with the circles. I had a bunch of people tell me one time that they're against church. They don't like big church. They're home church people. They don't like big church. And this may offend you, but I'm just going to be me because I've had some Cinnabon in me. They're all bad and negative against the church. And I'm like, I get it. The church needs to repent. There's many things that the church needs to repent of. The road church and what some call traditional church or big church or whatever, always things there needs to be repentance. But I'm going to tell you what, there needs to be repentance at this table. There needs to be repentance at this table. Why? Because people sit at them. But to just cut off a whole element of because of, of, I, I was hurt or because I don't agree or because of this, you, you are limiting yourself. You're limiting the Lord from a full capacity in your life because some people feel more comfortable coming to a row before they ever come to a table. Some people will come to a table before they'll come to a row. But your Bible just said that you need both in your life to eat the bread of the Lord. And we're all eating the bread of the Lord. We're breaking bread. And there's a time to break bread in a row but it looks different from breaking bread at a table. Which looks a little different than breaking bread at the table of the Lord by yourself. 
But when we begin to eat and we begin to fellowship, and what is the Lord saying? See, John Wesley used to have miracles. He's the one that started the Methodist movement, the Methodist churches, and he had signs, wonders, and miracles as he was preaching the gospel. But one of the key elements that he had back in his day was he called them little churches within the big church. And what they did was they had a table time every single week. Matter of fact, they had two every week. And so people who are part of their corporate church, uh, he encouraged them to have two little churches every week. And so what that would look like would be one was for a group of people that were mentoring me. And I would go to that group, the group who kind of fathered and mothered and big brothered, big sistered me. They're the ones I'm accountable to. And they, and they would meet for one hour. That's all they would be for, one hour. And they were, they were on time and they, they did things right and they wouldn't just, just like hang out. There's other times they hung out and did relationship outside of their like fun stuff. You know, like I guess went bowling or whatever. But in the group, it was focused on what is the Lord saying to you? What is he asking of you? What is he asking you to do? And are you willing to do it? That transparent in a group. And so if I was leading this group, I would be the one poised to lead this, this question. And so I would have another group that I was a part of that was asking me that. So, so they encouraged people to have two groups per week, one that they were being led and one that they were leading. And y'all would say, two times a week? Man, you're lucky I'm here once a month. If you want things to change, you need to change. I'm not saying we have to go two times a week. They were gathering every day. I'm just telling you, my heart has always been, will always be. Sometimes it's hard to make this thing come to pass. You can't, I can always have this table with or without you, but I can't have this table without you. And there's people in this room that need you at a table with them more than you think you need to be at a table. And if you would get back to the table of the Lord, he'd give you some fresh bread to bring to this table. Because at this table, one person might need to be saved. One person might need the filling of the Holy Spirit. One person might be newly saved and need some milk. And everybody can help learn and share. <laughs> yeah, one person needs to bring more coffee for other people. And, and that's, so it may, it may happen. We may, we may grow and, we, and, but, and everyone's at different places, but you grow one another because the one who's drinking water today will one day be serving the bread. I want to show you one last thing and then I'm going to get out of your way. Mark chapter four. You guys just stay with me. You're good. You're doing good at the table. Y'all can eat bread. You don't got to just look at it. Where's that Cinnabon one at? Yeah, bring that back over here. <laughs> the Lord wants to remind me of something. Mm. There you go. The Spirit of God is at work, isn't he? <laughs> Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Say amen. Amen. Let's get God's at work. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mark 4. Uh, Mark 4. Oh, it's so rude. 
Mark 4. I want to show you, I want to show you what I just said in the Bible, the three dimensions. I've taught this numerous times. Um, if you don't remember this, then it's probably, I have that problem that if, if I say it once, I think everyone knows it. But here it is, Mark 4. Look at verse 1 and 2. And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude, a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat on the sea and sat in it on the sea, <laughs> sat on the sea, um, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea, and he taught them many things by parables. So this is where, this is the row. Jesus actually got into a boat and turned it out in the sea, turned around, and actually then taught the people. So he's in the boat on the sea using the water as an amplifier, the boat as a pulpit to teach all the people who are basically sitting in rows on the land, one person teaching everybody facing one person. That's like the temple. That's the rows. And there's a good part of the rows. We need the rows. And he's teaching and he's speaking and he's communicating. He's giving bread. He's communicating. He's, that's the one dimension. And then after that, there was multitudes that were there listening to him. And then after that, you skip down to verse 10. But when he was alone with, uh, alone and those around him with the 12, so not just Jesus, not just the 12, but other people were there. Along with them, uh, they asked him about the parable. So here's where where after the parable and people who are hungry and have an appetite for more, they come to a table. You go from the row to the table. They come to the table and they're curious. It's not everybody. The multitude went home. But there were some in the crowd and the 12 who were with him that came and said, we have questions. We're hungry. We want more. And so they came a little further, and they came to a table. They came to a circle. The first one is the multitude, which speaks to the rows. The second one is the, is the, is the relationship that speaks to the circles, to where you can ask questions. You need a place where you can go ask questions. Have your questions answered and, and not be completely made fun of for asking a question. Sometimes we joke and stuff, but we don't need to completely, you know, we need a safe place to ask questions and be like, man, I had that question too. I, I used to have that same question, and here's what God showed me. So when we're breaking the bread now at this table, we're answering questions from the Word of God, from a life who's lived it. We're not giving theories that we found on Google or heard from some person, whatever. We're not giving theories that don't have any experience. We're giving the evidence of our testimony of the Lord. Amen. And then he goes down, he, he speaks to them, and he, and he says the parable again, but says it a little, a little bit differently so that this group gets it. And there's a principle in that. If every, I'm not saying we have to do this. I'm just casting, I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart. But if every one of you was in a group where you met with somebody this week and the starting point was, what did God say to you? Just, this was the elementary starting point. What did God say to you on Sunday from the text our pastor was speaking on? And then from there, what did he say to you at your table? And you brought that to a table. It answers that question, what shall we do?
And then you hear you say, I don't want to go to that table, Pastor John. Why not? Because I don't like people. Well, here's the other thing I want to tell you is people don't like you. Which is why you need to humble yourself and come to a table and don't make it about you. Share you as you make it about them. Don't lose you. Share you for the sake and benefit of somebody else. Don't make them become about you. You are becoming about them. And the last scripture, go all the way down to the end, and I'm skipping a whole bunch of stuff that I'd love to talk about, but look down at verse 34. Mark 4, uh, 33 and 34. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Oh, that's a huge word, if they're, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So out of this group, out of this group, say I'm raising up somebody to, be, to lead a group. Say I'm raising up these two to lead a group. Because in the group, the people who are there in the group, I see by the Lord one day you'll be leading a group. And I recognize that. So what happens is we have row time, see y'all in church and hear the same word and worship together, pray, all that kind of stuff. We have circle time where we're growing in the Lord. What is God saying to you? What is God sharing with you? Man, you ain't even drink your milk. You need to drink your milk. You ain't even had your bread. You need to eat your bread. You need to be more generous and bring more coffee. You need whatever it is. You speak to the things that are happening. Then there's a sec another table. That's not this table. This is, this is a mentoring table to where now I'm mentoring you to, to help you prepare your group that you will one day lead. He explained all things to them. He answered questions at the table, and he taught parables to the rows. Three dimensions that if we want to be everything God has called us to be as a church family in this city connected to uh, people that are part of the family of God in other churches in this city, so there's not division, but there's agreement and unity, then we need to learn how to faithfully be in rows, how to faithfully sit at tables, and how to faithfully be at the table of the Lord and raise up other people who can do the same thing. In order for that to happen, we have to get over ourselves. We have to quit showing up to the row for yourself. Ask not what my church can do for me. What my Lord can do for me. And the reason why this is important, guys, in breaking bread, the different flavors, the reason why this is important is because God has hidden in your vessel some, a treasure that this city is, that your family and this city is waiting to see. And in order to unlock it completely, you need rows, you need circles, and you need a table. Otherwise, we're just coming to church. Worship team, why don't you all come on up? Um, let's clean the table. If one of y'all would take the tray without spilling it, um, some of y'all take some of this bread 
and go feed the multitude. You take the bread and just kind of, and let's just carry this table off to the side. As we come to this time of worship, I want the, the altar team to come up front. We'll, yeah, somebody, Sean, get somebody to help you and grab this table. Just move it off to the side. Hey, or just, yeah, whatever. As we go into this time of worship, unless you got to go to work or whatever, I encourage you to stay. And some of you who are, you want to do this, I just want you to know it's okay to do this. If some of you coming into worship time or maybe a little bit into worship time, you want to go grab your children and bring them into worship with you, you're, you can do that. And if some of you are like, no, they're good, you can do that too. I just want you to know you can do that. And if you've never given your life to the Lord, if today you're here and you've been like, man, I've been running from God and I've never given my life to the Lord, I want you to, I want you to come. As we begin to worship, I want to have an atmosphere of just freedom. You can come and you just, you, you come and say, I need to give my life to the Lord. Maybe, maybe you're here and, and, and I was all over your, your toes today. And you know, you're living more in isolation than in godly community. And you're justifying your isolation by a number of different things, but you know the Lord's called you to more. Maybe you come to one of the altar team members and say, listen, I need to be in relationship. I need to find a circle. I need, I need help, and I just need prayer. If you're struggling and battling depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff where the enemy's trying to, to separate you from a herd and isolate you so he can devour you, then there's no shame in you standing up and saying, that's where I'm at. Matter of fact, the best thing you could do is come up to say, that's where I'm at. Please pray for me. And the same way we circled that family here earlier, we'll circle you. Anything that you need prayer for. Anything that you need prayer for. Something happening in the, in the workplace and you don't know how to handle it. Or if it's just something in your family and you don't, you, don't want to, you don't have to share details, but you know you have a burden or an issue that needs to be broken or something that needs to be built, this is the time, church family, as we're worshiping the Lord to come and receive ministry. And as always, if you feel like you have somebody that laid upon your heart and you want to pray for them, you go pray for them. If there's sickness in your body, come, let us pray for you. If you're struggling or, or even if you're, you just have joy in, in your life and you just want to, I just want us to feel free to follow the Lord and minister one to another. And if you just need to come to an altar or make a chair your altar and just go before the Lord, then do so. I say let's just worship the Lord and respond to him. And if you need prayer for anything, I want you to go ahead and get up right now and start moving here as we begin to worship the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for your help. You are an ever-present help in times of trouble. And I pray over this church family that you would lead us, you would strengthen us, because we don't live on bread alone. We live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So empower your people and minister your grace and the power of your spirit your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come receive prayer. 
Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.